Hey guys, the goal with The Ultimate Shift has always been to help as many people as possible. So I'm so excited to announce something we are about to start and do for a limited time. We want to invest $500 into your dream, your passion, or your idea. How that works is this way. For every person who shares any episode of the podcast to your social media, writes out a review for the podcast, share that to your social media, can be through your story or via post, tag me at Ephraim Glick in it, as well as take a screenshot of both, DM it to me, and we will enter your name into the drawing. For the best written review or the best idea once a month, we will pick a winner, bring you on the show, talk about your dream, your passion, your idea, and invest that $500 into you. Again, this is for a limited time. We don't know how long we're going to do this, but it's just something we want to start as of now. It's just our way of giving back and saying we appreciate you so much and all your support for this show. Best of luck and thank you so much. I used to be this way, but I would get in a relationship and I would forget everything else. Nothing else mattered to me. And I was in that relationship. But guess what? That relationship ended. And what did I have? Nothing. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's where people get so confused. It's like they see something that they like, this new bright and shiny person. And that's it. Everything else is put on hold. But the thing is, is that life goes on and you have to keep doing those things that brought you to this point. Welcome, everyone, to The Ultimate Shift. Join Ephraim Glick and leading figures in business and entertainment as they share their stories of regular people overcoming tremendous obstacles only to achieve happiness, success, and fulfillment. Are you ready to make the ultimate shift in your life? Welcome back to The Ultimate Shift. Today, I'm super excited about my guest here who I have known for about a decade, maybe a little more. And it's been a while since we've seen each other, but ever since I started this podcast, I've been wanting to interview you. So I'm so pumped that we're finally getting to do this. Yeah. Everyone, welcome AB. And why don't you tell us a little bit about who was AB before you kind of have the platform that you now have? Yeah. So like you said, it's been, now that I'm doing the math, I feel like it's been more like 11 or 12 years yeah, since we probably, so. probably crossed paths. But this all happened completely by accident. And it started on TikTok, actually. And that's kind of embarrassing to say because I'm more of like the Vine generation, like grew up with MySpace and stuff. But my youngest sister, she's 13, and she asked me to create a TikTok because apparently I was lame if I didn't have one. So she actually created my profile for me because I didn't know how. Then I was lame for not, or I was creepy for not posting anything. (laughs) So what had happened was is a couple years ago, I had went through like a really awful breakup. And while I was trying to like mend my broken heart through all that, I did like a lot of video journaling and I never really went back and looked at anything that I posted. But while I was going through all that, I recorded a lot of neat messages that I would send to my friends. So when my sister is like, Hey, you need to post something because you're creepy because you're not. I started posting videos that I had saved from my Snapchat that I would send to my friends as like a word of encouragement. And then a week later I had like a million and eight or 1.8 million views. Wow. Yeah. And it just, it took off from there. And so I went from like this little shy, 
quiet, broken human to now I'm like a voice for women. And it's been crazy. And this was like six months ago. Six months ago? Yeah, almost exactly. You just got TikTok six months ago? She created the profile for me in like December and I started posting in January. And in that time frame, you've built the platform you have. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it's wild. That's incredible. Do you yeah. think it's just because it's, I mean, you, you have a pretty cool story. You have a really cool message. Do you think that it's just people are so hungry for the truth? Actually, uh, yeah. I think that people know what it is that they need to hear. And there's probably some things that they're telling themselves. They just need a third party to kind of give them that little bit of tough love. Mm -hmm. But this is stuff that I've been posting like on my Instagram and my Snapchat and Facebook when I had Facebook for years. Yeah. And I don't, it's something about that TikTok platform that just, I mean, it reached it millions of people. Yeah. And I'm glad that it did. And I'm glad that that's the message that was put out there. Yeah. And yeah. Then, then it just grew all your other platforms as mm -hmm. well. So, okay. I'm kind of curious about like you were talking about how you have the, the messages uh, of encouragement you used to send to your friends or whatever it was. So if you were, let's go back to when you were 10, 15, mm -hmm. something like that. Like, is that, is that who you aspired to be? Were you just always that positive note? Or what were your dreams, your goals back then? So growing up where I grew up and in the type of family that I was in, like we didn't talk about our feelings. We didn't talk about our problems. Same. Yeah. And it was just like, you have this issue, you deal with it. You don't talk about it with anybody else. So I always internalized a lot of things and I didn't know how to talk about them. And it wasn't until I left my hometown that I learned that that wasn't healthy and who I am now is not somebody that I imagined myself ever being because I didn't know that this was a healthy way of doing things. So mm -hmm. I didn't know it was even possible. Yeah. So, yeah, it just I think it took me being at the lowest point of my life to make a complete 180 and turn things completely around. And that was the relationship. That was sure. the relate. Yeah. And yeah. we've all been through breakups, yeah. but that one turned my world completely upside down. Yeah. You were fully invested in one direction and all mm -hmm. of a sudden that changed. And then, mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, now who are you without that person you're having yeah. to redefine your life? Exactly. So to answer your question, I, I didn't, this isn't somebody I ever thought I, I could be. No, but I'm glad that I'm here. Yeah, me too. And so many other people too. So let's say there is that kid that might be 13 years old or whatever. And my family was a lot the same. We didn't talk about our feelings, but like they have that emotional toil. They know something's not quite right. Maybe they're not even 13. Maybe they're 18 or 20. And you know, what's kind of that first step would you say to getting real with yourself to maybe save them a lot of heartache later on? Um, that's a hard question. I think for me, it was, I had to take a hard, look in the mirror and it was like I do not like these parts of myself I don't like that I can't you know adequately express how I'm feeling I don't like how I'm handling my emotions I don't see that this is healthy and it was for me it was almost like I was too afraid to even acknowledge that because I was so suppressed of it for so long mm -hmm. and I think it's just one of those things like you can't you have to have that small amount of confidence in what reality is enough to know that what you're seeing is not how things need to be. And you just 
need to make that change. So for me, it was, I mean, I was at a point in my life where I couldn't get out of bed and I just felt so awful about that. And then I woke up one morning and I was like, hold on, I should not be this sad. I should not be this upset. This is not how things are supposed to be. And that was a defining moment for me that I was just like, I don't like this anymore. I want to change it. And so I did. So we're kind of talking about the breakup, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and is this like a month later? Is this like a couple of days later? Or is this like... This was probably almost a month later. So and there's that time of... There's that time of grief. Yeah. That everyone should probably deal with. I mean, it's okay to be there, I think. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be a breakup either. I mean, it could be about anything. And I started going through that kind of transition before the breakup even happened. Like I started recognizing parts of myself that I wasn't okay with that I started working on. And then that breakup happened and it was just pivotal for me. I had no other choice. Yeah. So it's just seeing those parts of yourself that you want to change and not being afraid to actually do it. And basically if I like from just watching you and listening to you, it's your message is kind of like the, you don't have to end up maybe as deep in the pit of despair as maybe mm-hmm. you felt you were if you do certain things before it gets to that. Is yeah, that right? That's absolutely correct. So what advice would you give a 13 year old girl when it comes to relationships? Like if you could go back to you when you first started dating or, you know, whatever, maybe it's 18 or 20, if you're starting to get serious in dating, what would you tell with everything you know now and have experienced? What would you tell that girl or any other girl or guy out there? That's like, I have two younger sisters. My youngest one's 13. And the best advice I could give somebody is do not lose your identity in that person. And that, like that relationship is not who you are. It's a part of your life. It's like the way I described it, I don't know, a couple weeks ago in one of my posts was that you have all these things, like all these clothes in your closet. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's great. Those clothes like help identify who you are as a person, but that relationship should be like a pair of earrings. They're an accessory to your life. They're supposed to enhance whatever you are. You don't define yourself by the earrings that you're wearing. Does that, you might not know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, I I get what you're (laughs) saying. But it's like that a relationship is supposed to add value to your life. And where I struggled is that I defined myself in my relationships. I became dependent on that. And I validated myself. It's never going to end well. Mm-hmm. And that's the best advice I can give is you need to have your own life. And then your relationships, you know, your friendships, your love life, everything else is supposed to be separate. So that's something I'm interested in finding it like more out about like where that starts, because I've felt the same things. I've gotten completely lost in a relationship before. And it was a tough, tough, tough relationship. The toughest one by far mm-hmm. on many levels above every other breakup I've ever had that, that really changed a lot of things in me, kind of like what it sounds like for you. But I'm interested in, in getting your perspective on, do you think that that's kind of programming that maybe, and I love my parents to death, but is there something that starts there? Do you think that makes someone try to find that in, in a relationship or is it just on kind of more of an on our own type of thing, like where we haven't done the right research in that person? I guess what I'm trying to say that sounds confusing is, are we kind of programmed to be doomed maybe in a certain way? 
by the way we were raised until we have to figure it out that way? Or is there something that you feel like with everything that you now know that you would advise parents or anyone to do different? Yeah, I think so. I can kind of relate to you on this. Like we're both from the same small town. Right. And so things are different there to begin with. And that's okay. But I also come from like a broken home. And so I think for me, once I found somebody that I was in a relationship with, I was too afraid to lose them. Even though we were dating, it was terrifying to me to have that disconnect with them. So I don't think that we're, you know, programmed to be doomed. I think probably we're more programmed to be protective of that heartbreak because so we're trying to do everything that we can to avoid that, which is good, but we lose ourselves in that like defense mode. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we're too afraid to let anything come in. So is there a way to, I heard someone say, and I forget who it was at one point, he said, if there's a fear, and he was specifically talking about what you just mentioned, he said, if you're so afraid to lose someone, it's always going to end. Yeah. But if if you can internalize that fear and basically give it life, if you will, instead of trying to run from it, it takes the fear away because then you realize like, you know what, like, let's say this relationship does end. Um, there's what, 8 billion people in the world and you're revolved around this one person. And this sounds cliche, but because when you love someone, you love someone. But at the same time, if you put a different perspective, like, do you think there's a lot of truth to that as far as how you felt like you've overcome it? Was it just like, if you feel the fear, because we're all going to feel the fear, Is that something that you embrace then and you dive into that and you figure that out or do you just not ever go there? I think it's something you need to acknowledge for sure. I don't think it's anything you need to run from or to ignore, but I think I would have to agree. Like if you ignore it, it's just going to swell up even larger. And so if you actually acknowledge it and realize the fear isn't probably as big as you're thinking it is, it's going to go away. And for me, like I was afraid of a lot of things and I internalized that and I never talked about it and I should have. And it just, it made things a million times worse for me. Because you were so afraid. Did you, did you fear like before it was ending that it was going to end? Yeah. Like it terrified me. And it was because I was so in love with this person and I've been in relationships. I've been in long-term relationships, but this was the one person that I actually loved them. And I was so afraid of losing that, that it was suffocating for him and for me. And that was my fault. Mm-hmm. I was too big of a person to want to talk about it. And I didn't want to address what I was afraid of. And I just tried to fix it myself. And it was just, you cannot do that. Yeah. So the same. It, it'll same crumble. Way. It'll crumble right in front of you. Yeah. How do you then... Well, let me ask this one first. Like, how do you find people most surprise you? What is it about people that most surprises you? Uh, like, how do people surprise me? Yeah, and like, it could be good or bad. Like, what do you find in humanity or in relationships that's the most surprising to you? I think what surprises me the most is that people are too afraid to address their own issues like that, not issues, but their own faults and that they try to cover them up in such a big way that they're putting like a representative of themselves out there. And so once you finally get to know that person, that's what surprises me 
is because it's like a completely different, like my perspective on you is completely changed because this isn't the person that I met a few mm-hmm. months ago. That surprises me. And it also surprises me how people aren't confident in who they are. It's like they're not, not willing to appreciate the good parts about themselves to want to present that to other people. You seem, you really have a lot of things figured out on the relationship aspect, mm-hmm. I feel like. So how did you get from not wanting to get out of bed to, I mean, what are some practical steps? Because it's, it's easy to say, well, I didn't want to get out of bed or it's easy for someone that's listening and they, they think, well, she didn't want to get out of bed, but now look where she is. And people tend to just, somehow think like you're superwoman or superman that you made that transition that's what blows my mind yeah it's like it's so many dms and they're like oh my gosh i look up to you so much like i don't know how you did it and i'm like i don't know how i did it some days either but it's possible so like for me and i've always been like a competitive driven person i've been shy which is shocking to a lot of people like I used yeah, to I've so never, no, never thought that of you. Ever. Yeah. And it's like, I was so quiet and very like reserved. And also a lot of people didn't know that I have like a very vulgar mouth too. So that, <laughs> that's all come out. But I, I know. That's all come out in my, the recent years. With yeah. My, my poor mother, she's like, I had to block her on everything. Because I was like, mom, I'm so sorry, but you're, you hate like everything that I'm saying. But I went from. Yeah, like not getting out of bed. And it was, I think, so we had been broken up for a few weeks. And I was like, at that t- point in time with my job, like I wasn't satisfied. Like it felt like everything was just falling apart. And so I was like really sad and not okay for weeks. But I remember not getting out of my bed for three days. And that is not like me. because For I, three days. For, you did not get out of I your bed for three days. I did not leave my bed for three days. Didn't eat, didn't drink, didn't shower, nothing. nothing. Three days. And wow. I was like, that third day, it was a Sunday. I woke up and I was like, holy shit. Like, what is wrong with you to where you are letting one person affect you mm-hmm. this badly? And so what I did is I got up, I took a shower. And when I got out of the shower, I celebrated That sounds so lame and so cliche, but every time I did something positive, I had a dance party with my dog and I would Mm -hmm. play some music and I did my full makeup that day. I danced like I went and got groceries. I danced in the Meyer checkout line, like anything I could to kind of just help me feel better. Mm -hmm. I did. And the thing is, is like, that's what like the military and the Navy does too. And I've learned that through reading some books is that they celebrate every little thing that they do because it gives them the confidence to do something else. Wow. And that's what I did. And so after I started doing that for a couple of weeks in my personal life, I transitioned it to my work life. I loved my job at the time. I was still in healthcare, but I wanted something more. And once I started to apply that to my personal and my work life, I got a promotion. And it was just like all within a few months, like all these things started happening for me. And yeah, it's just, it sounds so lame, but it kind of gives you this drive to want to keep doing something more. Yeah. It's just celebrating your small wins. Every small victory. So it started out for me celebrating the fact that I washed my hair 
to yeah. getting this big promotion and moving up to a corporate office. Like, and that was in, I think, like four months time. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. It works. It works. And I still do it. Some people say, like, you, you have to visualize, you have to meditate, you have to do all these things. And, and I'm not saying one or the other is wrong or right because everyone's different. Did you try anything like that or was it just like educating yourself through books or? I try. Okay. I tried to do the whole meditate and manifestation thing. I'm too ADD. I cannot sit still for 20 minutes and visualize what it is I want. I already know what I want. Yeah. And so for me, I don't have to think about it. I just, it's just there. need to go do it. And so I did. And I think those are great things. It's just I haven't mastered them hmm. yet. I can't sit still long enough. I can't be quiet long enough. But that's okay, too. That's okay, too. That's, yeah, I think like so many people feel like ADD is a bad thing. And I'll just give an example. Like, I'm a lot the same. I'm so restless yeah. by nature. I cannot go on a vacation more than I was given a vacation to Hawaii for a week long. And I went and three days in, I was ready to go back. Yeah. I was done. I was like, okay, I'm here. Now. Give me something else. I'm the same way. Yeah. I have so much PTO time built up, Ibram. I cannot take it. They're like, why don't you take a vacation? I'm <laughs> you like, don't want to go? I don't, where would I, I don't know where to go. If I go somewhere, <laughs> I'm going to get, and my mom loves the beach. My sisters love the beach. And they go like a few times a year. And I'm like, I'll go for like two days and I'm ready to come home because yeah. I can't sit on the beach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same. same. Yeah, yeah. I can't I, do it. <laughs> I was so happy. Did you watch the, the Garth Brooks uh, thing on Netflix? Mm -hmm. it, it's and, and I'm not even that big into country music, but I just I watched this and I'm so glad I did. And Trisha Yearwood talks about how he is so restless all the time. And it was this I thing. I can see that though. Yeah. And she was like, he just, he just has to be gone. And he's always like, when he's done one thing, it's always the next. And it gave me so much validation. Like, and I'm talking about this was yesterday because I've had people tell me like, oh, you, you shouldn't be that way. You know, whatever. Everyone has their idea of who you should be. And oh, I saw, so I've, I've also, yeah. It, it's, I hate people like that. I don't yeah. hate people, <laughs> but it's just like, I, your idea of who I should be is your idea. Yeah. Based off of your story, yeah. which is not my yeah. story. You can go elsewhere with your opinion. On yeah. That. Yeah. And so, so it had put that guilt, kind of that guilt in the back of my mind that mm -hmm. like I should be. And so it was just that little thing. I watched it. And I'm like, that's okay. Then I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy after all. Thank <laughs> no, God. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so so I get that. Okay. So you used to live in the same small town as me and you moved to Nashville mm -hmm. and you don't listen to country music. How uh, does not that, really. How does that, I mean, I don't very much either, but um, what do you listen to then? <laughs> I, 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 for me, I, I listen to a mixture of things, but I feel like you are, um, and again, like I know that we, I have a lot of musician friends and things, but you, I feel like for me, I can only say this for me and I would never mm -hmm. project this on anyone else. I am what I listen to. And so when I'm, when I'm listening to something that's that's a lot of broken hearts and stuff it doesn't lift me up it doesn't make me feel good so i go for uh of all things you know you think a kid that grew up amish and didn't even have music i listen to pop like electric like yeah something that's that just rap um I, that's what you are who you listen to i'm sitting here like thinking like gosh <laughs> i should be like some like <laughs> 
bougie bitch in a gang. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it, 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 it makes it, no, it's. it's yeah, I'm not saying that everything you listen to is, is who you're going to become, but I'm saying like, if, if I listen so. to heartbreak music every day, I'm going to feel heartbreak. Yeah, I'm gonna, and so that's kind of one thing that kind of just turned me away from, um, yeah, and so I, I like a little bit of everything. I like any good music, but uh, I that's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's just that's uh, that's just me. Be a bougie bitch from the streets. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm very confident you can pull off whatever you needed to pull off on the streets too. I don't feel like many people would mess with you. <laughs> Um, I'm very intimidating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't think I'd want to mess with you too much as far as um, you're not afraid. Well, this isn't like that it's scary or intimidating, but you're not afraid to stand your ground. No. You're not afraid to speak your mind, mm-hmm. which I think is the best way. And I think for people that aren't that way, and obviously we all have different personalities, but for people that aren't that way, I think they have to struggle a lot more because we're not designed to keep things in and most people do because they're just scared of what others will think well there's a difference between standing your ground and being like a complete asshole about it Mm -hmm. like you have to stand your ground but you have to do it in a tactful way like whenever somebody crosses me i'm gonna like pretty much tell you to go to hell and you're gonna be looking forward to the trip Mm -hmm. Kind of way. That's and, a southern woman thing. Yeah. Like you have a shotgun in your back pocket. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And bourbon in the front seat. It's okay. You know? it's, that's not frowned upon. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. You said something. I like, I like this. You said something uh, literally almost to what I had written down here. I've heard it say like falling in love is the real you because it's the absence of thinking anything else. Meaning you're not trying to protect yourself your ego isn't necessarily there to get in the way Mm -hmm. you're just letting yourself go and then this guy said the giddiness has nothing to do with the other person because a month later you may not feel the same which is exactly what you said so my question is how do you then because i think you've mastered this you may not feel like you have but from the outside in i feel like you've done a damn good job of, of mastering this how do you then continuously feel that um, whether it's just quiet confidence or uh, fulfilledness instead of relying on another person without the codependency maybe. So how do you think like is the best way for someone to that feels codependent to come out of that? What are the steps? To come out of that like codependency in a relationship? Yeah, because you did it. Yeah. Um... I think for me, it took me kind of sitting down and thinking about the things that I wanted in my life that had nothing to do with our relationship. Yeah, I wanted a healthy and happy relationship, but that was like kind of like a B-list thing. Okay, with that relationship or any relationship? Any relationship now, that's a B-list thing. Like that is not a priority for me. And that sounds bad, but it's not because my priorities are like myself, my friends, my family, and my career. And then those are the things that I want to focus on. And those are the things that come first for me. And then I focus on plan B. Or my B list things, and that could end up in in that A if once the time and everything is there. Yes. Yeah. Once we kind of get in like a routine and a groove, then that like that can become an A list thing. But 
when that person's proven himself. Yeah. And that's going to, for me now, it's going to take a long time for me to allow somebody to be in that Mm A-list section of my life. But I think it's important, even if you're in a relationship now or you're starting a relationship with somebody or whatever, is that you cannot lose any of those things in your A-list. Those are things that make you who you are. And that B-list are things that you want to add to your life later. Okay, and so that's what's important is they can be parts of your life, but they don't need to take up all of your time. What happens when you give up A for B? You lose yourself. Whenever you give up your A list for your B list, you essentially are saying that you have no respect for yourself. And that's tough love, but it's true. Mm-hmm. It's like that you're putting aside your wants and your needs for somebody else. Because that's when you start seeking your validation in that relationship, other than the things that are making you who you are. So I wouldn't be who I am if I started, and I used to be this way, but I would get in a relationship and I would forget everything else. Nothing else mattered to me. And I was in that relationship, but guess what? That relationship ended. And what did I have? Nothing. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's where people get so confused. It's like they see something that they like this new bright and shiny person and that's it. Everything else is put on hold. But the thing is, is that life goes on and you have to keep doing those things that brought you to this point. And men respect that a lot more. Yeah. They, and vice versa. Yeah. It's like a confidence thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes like a woman who has her shit together and who knows what, or that knows what she wants a man is going to respect that a whole lot more and you're going to be more desirable to him than somebody who is following him around like a little puppy dog. Yeah. That doesn't have any of her A-list priorities in mind. No. And then she's just going to follow you in whatever you do. Yeah. Like he doesn't, he doesn't want to take care of you. He yeah. wants somebody that can take care of himself. And you should want to do that to begin with. Hell, at the rate I'm going, I'm probably never going to find <laughs> somebody. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think like... I just, I think it's really cool how you just say, say what you think. And well, it took me having nothing like being at the mm-hmm. lowest point to get here. It didn't yeah. happen overnight. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's how most people actually find like their true self. Yeah. You never saw yourself where you are now. And, and I would venture to say your platform is just going to continue to grow and grow in places that you cannot even fathom where you're going to go. And from not having that vision as a kid, what do you think is like the best way for other people to find that when maybe their parents aren't pushing them towards it or maybe it's a complete different path than your parents have wanted for you mm-hmm. or your friends think you should have? I guess the, the question is how do you step outside of the the boundary of influence that everyone, what we touched on before, everyone has a some idea what they think you should be. How do you find your true self amidst all the noise that's coming at you? That was so hard to me. And I can speak to this is because I'm small town family, small family, not big into social media. And then my group of friends since months ago, they are so big into social media that, and I feel bad for saying this, but they felt threatened by it. And they were like, you shouldn't be talking about this. You shouldn't do this. Like, what happens if you get more followers? Then what are you going to do? And then, like, 
I have a vulgar mouth. My parents didn't like that. So it takes you having to disassociate yourself from that. Like it came to a point for me where I did not care what other people thought. I did not care if I got more followers than my friends. Like what mattered to me is that people heard what I had to say. And the thing is, is like, I didn't know that that's what people needed to hear. It's just something that I felt needed to be discussed. And then once people started coming back, I'm like, okay, so clearly this is something that needs to be talked about. So let's keep talking. So for me, like I had to silence all of that. And I just kind of had to keep going wherever I felt led to go. And that's hard to do. It is very hard to do with no support. And it ended up causing like a lot of friction between myself and my friends. And it got to the point where I had to let that entire friend group go. And that sucks. And it does. But that's another thing. It's like, you have to have people in your corner and I didn't have anybody in that corner. So why would I want to be in the same room as them? Mm-hmm. You know, people so, want to keep you in their box on their, yeah, own. they want to keep you on their bench. And I saw a need that I didn't realize was there and that I felt like I needed to talk about. So once you find something that you can speak to and that you know that you want to do, like, I didn't know I wanted to do this, but I don't want to stop now. Because I can see the impact that it's having. Mm-hmm. You cannot worry about what anybody else says. Yeah. You just have to go for it. And you know exactly yeah. how that feels. Yeah. I, I was like when we were talking off uh, before we started recording in 2018. And I know a lot of your message is is to women. And you were saying you were surprised how many guys also yeah. resonate with the message. In 2018, you may have just started on TikTok or whatever, it was six months ago, but you were talking about this stuff. Like you said, you had done Snapchat videos and things. And I just remember listening to some of your stuff. It was just weird. It just like gave me hope. It was just just like something that I needed to hear. And I I think so many people avoid it versus Mm -hmm. talking about it. And so it's uncomfortable for, you know, I think it's even uncomfortable for maybe our friends sometimes. If you have a message that they feel and maybe something's not quite right there, then they don't want to hear it. And no. so they want to pull you back and they want to, and, and that's just human nature. It doesn't make anyone a bad person, but it's it's also saying you need to deal with your shit. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to come crashing down mm-hmm. someday because like we talked about earlier, if you're fearful of anything, it's usually going to happen if you give that. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw this video, but one of mine that I posted that was fairly popular was that I'm, not worried about a man. The only man I'm worried about is old dead white one on a piece of green paper. Like why am I worried about, why am I worried about these people that are not adding to my life and that deserve cold ravioli? I can that video pissed one of my girlfriends off. And I was like, why? And she's like, I don't know. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. And I'm like, that sounds like a personal problem. Mm-hmm. For you, because everybody else seemed to love it. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a lot of people don't know how to accept that tough love because they just feel like defensive about it. Mm-hmm. And when somebody's getting defensive about something so s- small, like a 30 second video, then you know that there's something deeper inside of them that they need to address. And that is not on you. Yeah. Just that's because you're your sharing fault. the message of hope and inspiration, that's not, you don't take that. No, either. that is not your burden. At all. Yeah. So 
You talk a lot about for women becoming their own CEO versus trying to date the CEO. Mm -hmm. What are steps that you think should be implemented? And in this case, it could be for guys or girls. So we can generalize that. But like, what are steps that you think are important with everything you've learned in relationships? And I think it's fair to say you are an expert in this field that it might sound weird to say that, but I, I think it's, because it's you're saying wild. all the right things. Yeah. Yeah. And because you, and an expert is someone who's been there and done that. And you've mm -hmm. been there and done that. You have went from the deepest, darkest place to the place of, of complete, like you're just, I'm sure every, everyone has, yeah. has their bad days, but like, I feel like you're pretty fulfilled in, in who you are. Mm -hmm. And so that makes you an expert in, in that. But it's like, what do you think are some things that people aren't saying you should look for or maybe think about when you first start maybe getting an interest in that person or you first start dating? Mm -hmm. Are there certain things that just come to your mind right away that you're like, okay, that can't be because that leads to this or something? Just some red flags in yeah. general? Yeah, red flags would be a good way. <laughs> I used to apparently be colorblind because I never saw red flags, but <laughs> what color were they? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Checker flag. I thought I found myself at the end. Found the winning. <laughs> I one. found the winner. I found it. Um, I think so. This is something that I've experienced recently, and it was a huge red flag for me. Is when you start dating someone, it could be a male or female, doesn't matter. And they are instantly attached to you. That is a huge red flag for me because that to me either tells you one or two things that they are seeking validation in that relationship and you're going to end up suffocating mm -hmm. or two, they're trying to lure you in and get you connected to them at the hip. And then that's when, whenever you start reciprocating those feelings towards them, that's when they ditch you. It's like narcissistic behavior. So it's one or two things. They're not confident in themselves enough or they're going to end up hurting you worse in the end. They're just looking for something to entertain. Maybe they're not even always aware of that consciously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like they can be interested in you, but then it's like almost like cat and mouse. Like, oh, like I have you now. So I'm going to see if you follow me along if I don't leave you. Or if I leave you. Yeah. Those are big red flags for me. Or I don't like it when I go on a date with somebody and they're just really flashy with their money. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I like to be taken on nice dates, but don't sit there and talk to me about your salary kind of thing. Those are just two big red flags for me because they never end up well. Because mm -hmm. the people who are even have an ego like that, they're not going to care too much about you in the end. Or they see their identity as the money. as They, they see their, it. like, yeah. And the thing is, I like money. You like money. But I'm not going to feel like I need to buy my girlfriend. Right. right, exactly. You know, those are the biggest turned off for me, biggest red flags for me. And they never end well. They seem nice at the beginning, but it's not. I mean, you're just going to end up heartbroken in the end. Do you feel if you have all of your A-list priorities in place, those red flags will be a lot more yeah. visible? Yes. And the thing is, is if you have all your A-list priorities in place, the people with the red flags are not going to be in your view at all. Yeah. Oh, like okay. you're immediately yeah. going to see them. But at the same time, like you're going to have your shit together so much that the people who 
don't need to be in your life, they know that mm-hmm. they don't even have a chance Yeah. to, you know, wedge their way in. So your A-list would consist of, say, family, your close circle of friends mm-hmm. um, who may or may not change. Depends on how happy they are with you or what you're calling life. My <laughs> circle's small. Yeah, yeah, those are the best circles. What else should be on that A-list? Your goals. Like, that's probably one of the top priorities. Like career. Your career and where do you want to see yourself. And I don't like to do the whole, like, 20-year plan, 10-year plan. Where do I see myself tomorrow, next week, next Mm -hmm. month? What small things do I want to do to maybe get to that 5- or 10-year goal? So that is a huge thing for me. And then, like, time for myself. Like, I need that self-care, too. That's an Mm A-list thing for me. And that's something that is a non-negotiable. What would you say to... I have friends who will, as soon as one relationship is done, they're into something else. Oh, my gosh. What do you say to that person? They need to stop. Stop and just regroup. I, yes. Serial daters, it's so unhealthy. It's like, do you not have, and this sounds awful and it sounds mean, but do you not have your own, like, the self-respect to be by yourself? Mm -hmm. Are you too afraid to spend a few nights alone? And... It's just like a never ending wheel. And like, I used to have girlfriends like that, that every other week they were on another hinge date and they thought that they were going to marry this person. I mean, one of them even thought that they were going to move to North Carolina to live with them after like a month. A month? Yeah. And this guy was and, horrible. And that didn't work out then? No, he was horrible. Yeah. I hated him. <laughs> I absolutely hated him. But it's like those serial daters, it's like you can't, where is your self worth? Like that, and you just need to have like a check on that. Like you need to sit down and be like, why do I feel like I cannot be without a relationship? Mm-hmm. It's not healthy. So if, if someone is in that and they're, let's say they just went through a breakup and now they want to say, they, they want that gut check of like, I don't want to get back in this cycle. What is something that, let's say it's the fear of being alone, like, what would you advise them is the first thing to do? What's that first step of just being able to say, I'm going to be home alone tonight and maybe tomorrow night. And is, do you, do you like delete the apps? Do you delete you just delete everything and anything? Dating apps. Those are the first thing you do. Cause it's so it's, I mean like the hinge and the bumble and the Tinder. I don't even know if Tinder's a thing anymore, but like it's the good almost people. like, it's almost like <laughs> addicting. Like you just keep, looking and I'm like why do you keep seeking Mm -hmm. somebody so you have to delete that I mean don't post anything do not post don't post anything on any social media don't post anything don't get on social media turn your phone like I've gotten really good about doing the do not disturb Mm -hmm. I saw the video you you talked about that do not disturb unless emergency contact calls you just need to discipline yourself Mm -hmm. to set the phone down and go watch like friends or the office and make yourself stay in and do something that you want to do. Like go order pizza and a cheesecake. It doesn't matter, but it's that first weekend alone is hard. It gets to the point where like you feel so independent and you kind of like, I personally, like it's hard for me to get out anymore because I appreciate that time alone. Cause now I know it's like, it's not that bad. It's actually kind of nice. And it takes discipline and it takes you having to turn everything off and focus on something else. Yeah. There's always something that I always try to remind myself. If 
if I'm not, and I'm, I'm an extreme loner probably in today's world of social. I mean, I, I love my social life, but I'm just happy being by myself. And, mm-hmm. and the thing that changed that for me was someone told me, I used to be so codependent. And one of my mentors told me, he said, if you aren't willing to be alone by yourself, how the hell do you expect someone else to want to be with you? Exactly. That's so, so well put. Yeah. yeah. And so if, if you can't be by yourself, then why would someone else want to be with you? No. Like you have to learn to enjoy your own company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I started by going on, I took myself on dates, like meaning, it sounds weird, but like I went to the movie theaters by myself. I went to eat by too? myself. Oh, I love it. It's I the best thing ever. I love doing that. To get the biggest Coke, the biggest popcorn, sit there by myself. And now you can't because of COVID, but like. That to me is like the ultimate life. I go on dates by myself all the time. Yeah. Like I go and I buy myself a nice dinner and a drink, I mean, glass of bourbon, and I'll sit there. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, what are you doing? Do you want to meet us after? I'm like, no. I'm, <laughs> this, this is, is me. This is your time. I'm on a yeah. date. Like, I'm yeah. busy. Exactly. And I'll even like yeah. send it on my social media, like me having like a nice dinner, a glass yeah. of wine. And I'm like, you guys think I'm on a date, but I'm really by myself. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I think yeah. that's. And the more you do that, the the more you start to love it. And I, it's I a confidence like. thing too, because yeah. the first time I did it, I was terrified. I was like, I'm because not of what easy. people would think, or yeah. because of yourself. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, what do I do sitting here by <laughs> myself? And the first time I did it, like I was on my phone like half the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this sound, this looks weird. And so now when I go out and do it, like half the time, I'll I'll just bring my wallet in. Mm-hmm. I leave my phone yeah. in my purse in the car. I'm like, I don't need. And that's important. Yeah. Like you don't want to completely seclude yourself or you have nobody. Yeah. But you have to have that healthy balance. Yeah. You soon start, when you start doing that, you soon start to realize or your body or your mind, whatever tells you when you need that space. It was weird. The last couple of weeks have been so crazy for me. And last Saturday I was driving home from actually where we grew up and mm-hmm. to coming back to Nashville. And I was about halfway home and I was like, I don't want to be home. I don't want to be in the city yet. I just, I need, everything in me was saying, you need some you time. And I literally just found the restaurant, sat in the corner and did just that. And I, and I just had my moment of, I ate and I had a drink and whatever. And I was like, at the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm good. You know, and it, it's almost like the more you practice that, the more you become aware of when you need that time. Yeah, it's liberating. Yeah, so liberating. And people think it's weird. Uh, so many of no, my friends People are weird because they're not doing it. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's... It's so important. Yeah. Well, time's flying. Um, So I have a couple questions I usually finish with. So I'll try to wrap it up for you. I don't want to take your whole day. If you were put on a world stage where the whole world is watching and you had five minutes to make a difference or an impact, Mm -hmm. what would you say? I would say... Oh, that's intimidating. I'm getting sweaty. Let me think <laughs> I would say... Because this is probably going to happen for you someday. I don't, do you think so? I think so. Oh yes. my God, will you go with me? Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> I think I would say to not let anybody stop you from being happy, and that includes yourself. Wow. Yeah. So define that. So, How do people stop themselves from being happy? Worrying about what other people think. Like me, I knew what I wanted to do to make myself happy, but I was so damn terrified of what somebody else would think. I was living my life for other people to be happy than myself to be happy. And that's what I would talk about. I was like, you cannot let anybody define what happiness is for you or how you should get there. It's your own shit. You you do what you need to do to get there. Yeah. And don't let anybody stop you, including yourself. Yeah. 
I love it. Okay. If, if you could ask anyone in the world, alive or dead, any one question, who would it be and what would the question be? My dad. Your dad? Mm-hmm. He passed away when I was 12. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. How I did just, I not know this? I'm, I'm mysterious. <laughs> yeah. I'm really close with my stepdad. Like, he's okay. probably the greatest person I've ever met. Okay. But I would want him. I would just be like, dude, what do you think? Like, I would want to, yeah. I would be like, what do you think? I just want to know. Yeah. What do you think he would say? I think we would have a drink and we'd be fine. We'd celebrate. I think he'd be proud. I think so too. Yeah. So I'm going to turn that question on you. How do you think about where you are? I'm shocked. I'm honestly like, I'm so grateful and I'm very blessed, but I'm shocked. Like I said, it started by complete accident, but I would, I'm proud of where I am. And it's hard for me to say that because we're not supposed to be prideful, but I am. And I don't want it to stop. I want to keep going because I think there's more to be said. Yeah, for sure. How can I support you? What is there that I can do to support you? How can our listeners support you, find you? listen to your message yeah so right now it's all on social media um tiktok i'm trying not to laugh at that but it's tiktok instagram and twitter i don't have facebook anymore i deleted it which is surprising i did and so my handles are all the same it's at it's its underscore a y e b e e a b just spelled out yep okay but in like a Get away. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love that. Actually, it was so funny because um, one of the guys I work with, who, um, Shell here, he was asking me, he's like, so I was telling him, I'm doing the interview. He's like, okay, who are you interviewing? And so I said, it's AB. And he's, and he's like looking it up and he's like, who? I'm not finding it. And I was like, AB, just AB. And then he said, uh, so soon he's like, you didn't tell me this. You, didn't, you said A, B, it's A, Y, E, whatever. He's like, it's spelled out. Like, why would you just think I knew that? And I'm like, no, I wasn't even sure. Anyway, we got into this whole I had, to, I had to hook on phonics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I just, I want to acknowledge you for mm-hmm. what you're doing. I think it's so cool. I've been watching you for a couple of years and I'm just like, you're doing what, what people are scared to do. You know, you're going out there and you're, you're risking the friendships, you're risking your family. And I understand how that feels. Like I've left all of my friends and family at one point in my life to pursue what I wanted. And it is so effing scary. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And if you've never done that, you can't even fathom how it feels and how scary it is to just walk away from everything you've known. Yeah. And so I want to acknowledge you for that because I think it's so incredible how you're willing to sacrifice so many things to pursue the message Mm -hmm. and the mission and the result of that is you're changing lives i mean i think you're changing lives even on a bigger scale than you'll you'll ever understand i know this is kind of topic but i've helped people find houses i've helped plan proposals navigate yes divorces i don't know shit about divorces but i've been helping people navigate through that reviewed resumes i've helped plan outfits for interviews and dates i can't do any of this for myself but yeah what do you think is the biggest thing that you yourself have learned from helping these people what is it teaching you it's teaching me to 
not be afraid to ask questions because people aren't just going to come out and say, this is what's going on. You need to learn to ask the things that probably they're leaning towards. So they'll, they'll come to me like, Hey, like I'm having this issue with my boyfriend and I'm like, okay, well, what exactly is going on? Has he done this? How do you feel about this? And it just leads you to where they're needing you to go. Yeah. So that's what it's teaching me. But you have to kind of see past the the surface stuff they're talking about. Yeah, you have to look past the smoke screen. But it takes balls of steel. It does. Yeah. Which my mom's gonna be listening this high mom. But (laughs) yeah. She um it's it takes balls. It does and it's scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I that's I have so much respect for you for doing it because it it's you're doing what, what the, and I think the reason you blew up so fast is you're talking about the things no one wants to talk about and everyone's mm-hmm. scared of. And you're just like, you know what? I have nothing to lose at this point. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that's even cooler about it is you keep going and you keep going and you mm-hmm. keep going. And you're just, I think it's going to come to a point where you're, you're changing millions of lives. Which I have a lot of other things that I'm wanting to talk about that'll rock some people's worlds. I'm just waiting to get to that point because it's not something I want to talk about too early and then have to revisit later. I'm, I'm waiting to get that. I can't wait to hear it. And when that happens, we'll have to get you back on and, and then back. talk about that. <laughs> yeah, there's so much more. I mean, it's it's so crazy. There's a few people that I interviewed that at the end of it, I'm like, you know what? I could spend two more hours with this person and two more episodes and learn some more. And so I'm definitely not opposed to that because I think this for me is more important than um, this is kind of an entrepreneur uh, thought leader type podcast is what I was going for. But I don't think that you can be successful in entrepreneurship and business until you deal with this stuff. So there's nothing more shit straight. Yeah. So there's nothing. I think this is the most critical thing you can talk about. So anyone that's wanting to talk about this type of stuff, I want to just pick your brain until there's nothing left to pick. So. You know what? Thanks for just being you and saying what you're saying. Thanks for coming and doing this uh, with me. And I'm so excited for people to get to know who you are who don't already know. Me too. Thank you so much. Thanks again for tuning in to The Ultimate Shift. Look, I know life is crazy. Life gets busy. And we all kind of have an idea of where we want to go and where we want to end up. But there's so many things that come up in between. And my goal with this show is to grab one thing from every guest that we can apply to our lives that help get us closer to our end goal. You can follow me on Instagram at Ephraim Glick, Facebook at Ephraim Glick, Twitter at Glick Ephraim, or you can go to the website at EphraimGlick.com. See you next time.